This is a familiar one. Ephesians 4, 26 through 31 says, In your anger do not sin. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to break a dish or to break something, but again, anger can easily get out of control. I think I've shared the story before where I was putting away some dishes early, early on, and anger was boiling, but I didn't realize it. I stood up, I hit my head on the corner of the cabinet, which struck a response in me that was alarming and surprising and shocking, yes, to my children. I started banging my head on the cabinet, but I knew this is not good. I've got to deal with what's under the surface. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Hi, moms, and welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon, and it sure has been a hot summer in Georgia, but I know for many of you, it's even hotter in your part of the country. I also know that moms, you are getting ready for your children to go back to school, or if you are schooling them in your home, you're trying to put together lesson plans and you're counting the days, maybe you're ready for the routine to change and for summer days to come to a close, but you may also be sad that you're going to have to get back into this structure and order, and I don't know what that means for you and your particular family, but school is on the way. So enjoy a few more days at the pool, a few more longer summer nights, and before you know it, you'll be getting those school supplies and getting back into the routine. Last year, I did a podcast on setting your children up for success if they are growing up without a dad. When it comes to school, you might want to go back and listen to that podcast You also may want to go back and listen to the podcast with a precious mother and daughter who just recently transparently shared their experience with loss of dad and the anger that came from that loss and how the mom handled the situation. Anger is a reality, isn't it? And in grief, it's normal and often unavoidable. When it's handled correctly, the emotion allows you to address feelings that maybe you've never felt before. And when they are addressed correctly and this strong emotion is handled properly, it can bring you to a healthier place and a place of healing. But we have to be careful to manage this emotion because if we don't, it is going to get out of control. We've talked before about the toddler stage of grief, which often brings with it those toddler tantrums. And as I said in that podcast, we've all probably witnessed a toddler tantrum, or maybe we were the one throwing that tantrum. And so I just want to take a few minutes to talk about anger, really for you, mom, and for your children. Children often don't have the words to communicate what they're feeling, so that's why they may throw themselves on the ground. They may have a tantrum, or their anger may come out 
in another way. Maybe it's passive. It's the silent treatment. I'm sure none of us have ever used that tactic on our husbands before. Anger is an emotion that God gives to us. It is a part of grief, and we have to learn how to handle that emotion. Even as an adult, anger might surprise you, and it often manifests in different ways. Maybe you don't consider yourself an angry person. Maybe anger was an emotion that wasn't allowed when you were growing up, or you just really, thankfully, don't struggle with anger much. But then when you lost your husband or you went through some times of suffering, you were finding yourself to be mad and angry. And for the first time, you didn't really know what to do with that. Same thing for your children. They don't know how to tell you what they're feeling, especially when it comes to grief and loss or other situations that they may find themselves in and it makes them angry. And so this is a growing process for both you and your child. It's helpful if you can prepare and talk about different things that will bring about anger or what you're going to do in those moments of anger. Tender days, for example, holidays, maybe even going back to school might bring about a simmering anger in your heart because, for one, how are you going to pay for all these school supplies. Those calculators the middle school students need are over $100. And if you have multiple children, I remember loving to take them out for back-to-school supplies, but it was overwhelming, the cost of it all. Maybe there's a holiday coming up or a particular anniversary, a birthday, an event that will need for you to be intentional about emotionally preparing for that. Maybe you're going to have a family reunion or a family gathering. Those are challenging, especially in the early years. Maybe there's a difficult conversation that you know you're going to have. Relationships can be tested and tried in the early days of grief, and everybody's navigating their pain and You're trying to set boundaries sometimes, and things are said in grief that maybe shouldn't have been said, and so this can bring about anger. So anticipate difficult conversations that you may have to work through. When you experience a trigger, that is going to bring about an emotional response. Maybe it's a memory that you have for the first time of your husband that you remembered something about him and that brings about a sadness, but you're angry. He's not here. Songs, smells, music, all these things can put you in a place of being vulnerable, causing you to feel angry at your situation. Mom, it's not just you that will experience that, but your kids as well. And again, keep in mind, they don't always know how to communicate that. And everyone is sad and sad makes you mad. You don't want to be sad all the time. And so this lingering sorrow, this lingering pain, being sad makes you mad. And you feel that you are out of control. And many times we are out of control. We didn't get to choose the situation that we're in. And so 
everything often is chaotic and we just feel like, especially if you're a person who likes order and you like to plan things out and no, you didn't give anybody permission for this to take place in your life and you're mad. So let's just talk about a few things, a few tips that might help you keep your anger in check. That's the most important thing. Anger is not a sin. We know that. God gives us the emotion of anger. But we're going to look at some verses today that are very important to consider because anger can get out of control faster than you may even imagine. So here are some things to think about, and we'll link this to an article in the show notes so you can have that before you. And these are some things you might want to talk about with your children. But the first thing is to be patient with yourself. Moms, you're learning a lot of new things. There's a lot coming at you. No doubt you're tired, you're hurting, you might even be afraid. And it's also really important that we do not compare ourselves to others, especially this time of year. Well, I want to say there's always the potential to compare yourself to others, but I remember school starting back, and I had a large family, and I had to sit through, I think it was 48 teacher orientations, which was impossible to do. But as I sat through each one, I just was more and more overwhelmed at the whole year in advance. Number one, that's a problem, but it's it's okay. Teachers want you to know what's coming, but it was too much, so... Be patient with yourself and just know that you are in a season where God is going to do some amazing things in your life. He is going to bring about healing, but it takes time. The second thing that will help is routine is good. You may not be a person who's all about scheduling and everything has got to be done at a certain time. Personally, I threw out list making and I threw out wearing a watch when my husband died because that had been proven that I could not control anything, especially time. So I threw those things out, but I did need a routine. And I've said this many times, mom, but you really need rest and you really need space. And so if you can help your children get in a routine so they know what's coming next somewhat. They know you're going to have dinner at this time. They know that after dinner, you're going to do this, that there's just an order to your day. And they know that there is going to be a time when they go to bed at night. And you need that time. If it's just to stare at the walls, think about your day. Maybe you're going to use that silence to process some things that made you mad that day to spend with the Lord. But Anger doesn't look good on anybody, and neither does stress, and neither does exhaustion. And all that together create a combination or a recipe for anger that can really get out of control. The third thing is to find a safe and trusted friend that you can talk through your anger with. The reality is when we don't have a husband We really do lose, if you had a healthy marriage, you lose that safe place, your soulmate, where you could 
vent. You could safely share the emotions of the day. It wasn't gossip. It wasn't out of line. He he was your husband. And so now finding that safe place where you can talk through emotions and your feelings and your experiences is really, really important. And ladies, we have to be really careful here because we are not to slander. We are not to gossip. We are not to be a busy body. The Bible talks about that. We have to be careful, though, that a root of bitterness isn't forming. And so we need someone that we could talk to, and they would help us. They were going to hold up a standard of truth. I had a friend who would constantly encourage me in looking at the situation, looking at my perspective, and just walking me through how to handle different situations. You also need an encourager, and I've said before, an encourager is one who will put courage into your life. Thank God for these people who help us to be brave in this season that we're going through. We're in transition. Lisa Peck was one of the first guests I had on the podcast. I'm going to link to her episode, but she said everyone needs a cookie person in their life. It's just someone who oozes sugar and sweetness, and it just rolls off their tongue. I know you're able to bring a person to mind right now as I talk about your cookie person. Boy, we gravitate to those people. We need encouragers in our lives. And moms, I know you want to be that for your children as well. And you have to give each other grace. Fight for a positive perspective. We have to look at what God says about pain and suffering and hope, and we have to read His words and meditate on them, memorize them, treasure them in our hearts. We have to look at how others are handling grief. That's why I love to look at the stories in the Bible. There's some really hard stories in there. I'm thankful that I didn't have to live out some of these stories, but I'm glad they are there because they encourage me that God is at work and they help me to have the right perspective. We have to choose wisely the people that we are allowing to be our companion for this journey. It is dangerous to find another woman who is going through pain and suffering and you share your misery. And so you can't wait to tell the next negative thing that you just experienced or the next thing that somebody just did to you or said to you. That's not going to be fruitful. So be careful with the women that you are spending time with. Are they pointing you to the Lord? Are they encouraging you to do the right thing? Are they a safe place where you can share and get some wisdom and some counsel. All that is so important. And then we have to give God control of our life, and we trust in His sovereignty. I say this a lot. There's a lot of repetition here, but these are the things that helped me. You might ask yourself, when you're experiencing anger, who are you angry at? Are you angry at God? Erica just really genuinely and transparently shared a couple episodes ago that she was mad at God. 
And this is a scary place to be, but it's often a reality. God can handle your anger, and he will walk you through this painful season. I remember my husband was unfaithful. This was early in our marriage, and we had prayed and prayed and prayed because he struggled with addiction really before the term sexual addiction had ever been coined. We were fighting this battle, and then it happened. My greatest fear became a reality. And I found myself mad at God because I had been praying. I had asked him. We had been seeking him. And isn't that how it's supposed to work? We pray and he's going to answer our prayers. Well, he does give us a free choice. And sometimes we make choices that hurt others and others make choices that hurt us. But my experience with being mad at God taught me that I didn't want to be mad at God. Thankfully, I wasn't mad at God very long. Actually, maybe a very short time, not even a day. The person we need to be angry at is the person we need to be angry at. And the enemy, of course, wants us to turn our backs on the Lord. When my husband died and made the choice that he made, I knew that I had the opportunity to go there again. I could be mad at God. I could let the embers of anger sizzle in my heart. And I just didn't want that. And so I was careful. And I want to encourage you to be careful as well. What do you do when you're angry with God, though? The first thing is to admit that you feel angry. This will help you work towards a better way to express yourself. God already knows if you're mad at He already knows if you're mad at him. And so it's just expressing that, sharing that. But I would encourage you to do it with humility. Let your honesty grow your faith. Proverbs tells us to lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. Aren't you thankful that God is so much bigger than we can even begin to comprehend. And it is crucial that we continue to remind ourselves of who he is and his character. Be careful how you speak of God and his will for your life. Remember Jacob? He walked with a limp after wrestling with God. And we have to accept that life is not always fair and we don't know everything. We are not God and I am so thankful for that. And there comes a time where it is in your best interest to move forward and don't allow yourself to get stuck in anger. It may take writing a letter of forgiveness and getting it out on paper. It may Take meeting with a trusted counselor who can walk you through that. But anger is never presented in the Bible as something that you want to caress, that you want to allow to stay. And that's my encouragement today. I remember years ago, it's probably still popular, but there was a place, I think it was called Breaking Things. And a group of women thought, Let's all go 
together and break things. They had old TVs, old dishes where you could get your frustration and your anger out in breaking those things. And I started to wrestle through, hmm, is that okay? Is that a good idea? I understand needing to let this emotion out, but is this the best way to do that? And for me, I determined based on the Word of God that that's probably not the healthiest way. Maybe you've experienced otherwise, and it was exactly what you needed. But here are some things that the Bible says about anger that led me to believe we have to keep anger in check. Psalm 37 verses 8 and 9 says to refrain from anger, turn from wrath. It only leads to evil. So if we're going to encourage those angry emotions, be careful. It's going to lead to evil. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 29.11, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. This is a familiar one. Ephesians 4.26-31 says, in your anger do not sin. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to break a dish or to break something, but again, anger can easily get out of control. I think I've shared the story before where I was putting away some dishes early, early on, and anger was boiling, but I didn't realize it. I stood up. I hit my head on the corner of the cabinet, which struck a response in me that was alarming and surprising and shocking, yes, to my children. I started banging my head on the cabinet, but I knew this is not good. I've got to deal with what's under the surface. And so do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. The reason why it says is do not give the devil a foothold. Ladies, we have to remember we fight a spiritual battle all the time. Satan is always ready and waiting to give us the ammunition to build a wall, to plant a root of bitterness to allow anger to go to the next level that is going to open the door for evil. We have to be careful. Colossians 3.8 says, But now you must also rid yourself of all things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. He gives that whole list, but anger is the first thing on the list. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I know, ladies, that you want to walk in godliness. I know that you want to lead your children to do the same. If you are at the point where you are really dealing with anger, get some help. Be patient with your children. Have conversations with them about 
anger. Maybe you can even have some conversation starters with them. Again, back to these times where you might sit around the table and ask each other, what made you happy today? What made you sad? And what made you mad? Let it be an open door where they could share a situation where they felt mad and they're not having to keep that hidden or they don't feel that it's not okay to be mad, but give them the freedom to say what made them mad and then you can talk about it. You can pray for the person that made you mad. That's important. And you could take it to God. We have to surrender the right to be angry. Early in my marriage, I had a friend, and he was a counselor, who taught my husband and I about giving up rights. It's amazing how we think we have a right to so many things. I have a right to have a happy marriage. I have a right to whatever it is. I have a right to be on this lane in traffic, and you better not get in front of me. I don't know what it is, but we have to surrender the right often to be right. And you may have a lot of reasons, good reasons, why you should be angry. But I want to encourage you to surrender the right to that anger. Give it up to the Lord. Give it over to the Lord. Ask Him to help you. Understand that you are grieving, and grief is a process. And sometimes we are angry in our grief. Maybe we can't solve a problem that day. Maybe something broke and you're angry because your husband, who was Mr. Handyman, Mr. Fix-It-All, is not here anymore to fix your problem. And nobody else is calling to see if they can help you either. It's a growing season, Mom. It may be weeks before that is fixed, and I'm sorry because that's not comfortable and it's hard. But I will say it's working in you a patience, and it's growing you in ways that nothing else can. And anger is only going to complicate the matter. Books have been written about anger. There are a lot of verses in the Bible about anger. I would encourage you to spend some time reading those. I pray that you can release that anger, even if you have a right to it that you would release it, you would verbalize forgiveness, and also put your trust in God. He deeply loves you, and it's not worth it. It's not worth the energy that it can take sometimes to let that anger simmer, turn into rage, and then bring about further destruction in your life. Please take time to maybe go back and listen to some of these other episodes. We will link to the conversation that I've talked about with Jennifer and Erica Bolding. We have another conversation coming up soon with another mother and daughter, and I think anger was also part of their story, part of all our stories, because it's a part of life. I will also link in the show notes to the articles that we have on our website about anger, and hopefully this has been helpful today. Please give us a review, and moms, if you have questions, if there's some things that you are struggling with as you're raising your fatherless children, please email lori at perspectiveministries.org. I'd love to find the answer out for you. 
I'll take you to the Word of God, and we are learning together. And I want to close, as we often do, by praying for you. Father, I thank you for these moms. Lord, I thank you for the children that are represented. Lord, you gave us the emotion of anger. Often it's just that red flag that's waving to let us know that there's something going on under the surface. There's something that we need to deal with. Maybe we've been violated. Maybe we've been offended. Maybe we've been rejected and abandoned and it hurts and we are mad. Maybe we're mad because we're sad. Maybe these moms feel out of control. I pray you would bring those cookie friends into their lives. Bring women who can encourage them. Also bring to them truth-telling friends who will speak the truth in love, who will give them practical ways where they can walk through the struggle that they're having with anger. If they have a child who's angry, Father, I pray you would give them wisdom to know how to listen to that child, to empathize, to open the door and be a safe place where their child can share their anger. And then they would together be able to bring it to you. They'd be able to trust you and they'd be able to move forward. I pray that you would keep them from letting anger move to a destructive place, Lord, that they would wisely know how to handle anger. We need to learn this. We need to teach this to our children. The earlier, the better. It's just part of life. And you tell us that the fruit of the Spirit is to exercise self-control. So I pray, Father, that we can take the situations where we've been offended and we can overlook that offense. If we've been violated, Lord, we trust you and we ask you to forgive our offender through us. I pray blessings over these ladies, blessings over their children, Lord. Give them discernment and insight as their kids enter back into school and all the things that they will be faced with. All the new scheduling, the new friends, the new trials for these moms who are doing everything by themselves. I pray for your overwhelming grace to consume them. I pray this year that you would bring to their aid and to their side men and women who would help them, who would help pick up the slack, who would mentor their children, who would just be there for them, Lord, and just give them the help that they need. I thank you that you are there. I thank you that you will be true to your promises. I thank you that you will be a father to the fatherless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, come back next week. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That would be so helpful. And please Share these podcasts with other moms who are raising children without a dad. See you next week.